This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The Holy Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11. This account is the basis for the sermon today. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, that sounds nice. But who's got time for it? You know, places to go, people to see, so many things to do and do and do, and what's the result? Well, you're tired, and so am I. By way of introduction, I could stand up here and regale you with all sorts of stories or examples about, you know, a long day of work that really had me tuckered out by the end, or the inevitable exhaustion that follows a sleepless night of taking care of small children. But you folks didn't come here today to hear about me. And when it gets right down to it, those are not the things that really wear you out. I know hardly any of you, but I do know what you tell me. And you have told me something pretty significant already this morning. Earlier in the service, you stood up before Almighty God, an assembly of people, and you said something about yourself. Do you remember that part? About all the things you've done, the things you haven't done, and what you know you deserve because of those? I mean, who talks that way? And in public, no less. But there you stood, confessing to God and to anybody with a set of ears to listen that you are burdened with sin loaded down with your rightful condemnation because of it. You're exhausted of trying to save yourself. You're completely tuckered out from running after all the wrong gods of your own making, only to be left disappointed and despairing of any kind of hope. To sum it all up, you're tired, worn down by the sinful nature that will be your constant companion until the moment you draw your last breath in this mortal life. You're tired of being a sinner. And so am I. 
to know the weight of that burden is a blessing of God's Holy Spirit. Those who know, know. And those who don't know, even if they manage to skip along merrily through their lives, one day it'll happen that they'll come to realize the weight of that burden all too late and have to bear it for all eternity. This is where we are. This is a condition of living life as a child of God in a sinful world. This is what happens when here you are, as those who have been declared righteous in the blood of Christ, yet still have a sinful nature that clings to you until the day you die. And the fighting between those two results in exhaustion. That's the struggle, and there's nothing particularly new about it. Did you hear the way the Apostle Paul was talking in our second reading? For what I do, I do not want to do. What I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. It is exhausting just to read that, let alone to live it every single day, until it all just gets to be way too much. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Even after his conversion to Christianity, Paul the Apostle knew what it was acutely to wrestle with sin and condemnation and a body of death and to be completely worn out from it. Until, until the promise of the gospel brought him out the other side clean. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, here you've come, today, to this place, crying out for rescue from the very same body of death that hangs on you, and the Lord Jesus does not and will not leave you hanging. But first, let's set the stage a little bit. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. There's something important that's hidden from the wise and learned, and that something important is simultaneously revealed to the little children. When you hear Jesus say wise and learned, don't just think about IQ or how clever somebody is. Just the same when he says little children, don't assume he's only talking about their age. There were plenty of people in Jesus' day who thought they were wise and learned, especially when it came to their understanding of how they should relate with God. That's what the rabbis of Jesus called God's highest and holiest expectations, the yoke of the law. Any farmers? A yoke is a thing that sits on the backs of two draft animals, gets them pulling in the same direction. And so here's how this whole thing works, so say the wise and learned. This is what the law of God is for. Should you render glorious obedience to your heavenly Father? Well, he will surely smile on you. But how's that working out for you? That sounds like a recipe for exhaustion to me. How can you ever know if you've done enough? And how can you ever know if you even get to the point where you can finally twist God's arm into kicking in and doing his part? Then, on the other side of this word from Jesus, we hear about little children who have the secrets of the kingdom revealed to them. 
Maybe better than little children, we might say spiritual infants. People who realize something about themselves, that they are completely and utterly dependent on God for everything, most significantly for rescue from sin. These little children, these spiritual infants, didn't have any positive qualities within themselves that would make Jesus say, you know what, I'm going to reveal my secrets of the kingdom to them. Quite the opposite, in fact. Little children, spiritual infants, have nothing to offer. They bring nothing to the equation of salvation except the sin that made it all necessary in the first place. They are nothing but given to. And to people like this, who have nothing to offer, Jesus gives everything. He reveals his Father to them. He reveals himself to be the Son of the Father and the Savior of the world. At least that's what Jesus and company were trying to do. It's interesting to note when these very familiar and well-loved words of Jesus are spoken in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus had sent out his 12 disciples on their mission with really clear marching orders. Heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out the demons, and preach that the ruling and reigning activity of God has come near in the person of Jesus. And that was all well and good, but do you remember what else he told them? He gave them pretty specific instructions on what to do should they run into someone who rejects them and their message which would kind of seem to be a pretty clear indication that they would run into some people who would reject them and their message. And then, after that, there was the whole episode with John the Baptizer. Do you remember him? The voice of one calling in the wilderness. The forerunner of the Messiah to come. The greatest of those born among women. And he's sitting in a prison cell asking questions of Jesus like this one. Are you the one who is to come? Or should we be waiting for someone else? What gives? The disciples faced rejection. John the baptizer was sitting in a cell. And to top it all off, in the verses immediately before our gospel reading for today, Jesus himself pronounced condemnation on three cities who rejected him personally. That's enough to wear a preacher out. Why isn't the gospel working? The rule and reign of God has come near in Christ. His salvation is at hand. And the supposed wise and learned, well, Push them aside. They don't want any part of it. So marvel with me today. In the face of apparent rejection and total failure, and the exhaustion that comes from it, the Lord Jesus speaks an incomparable promise. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And how wonderful it was for all those people living in Matthew chapter 11 world. But that was then. And this is now. Now make no mistake, the Lord Jesus extends that very same gracious invitation to you and me today. It sounds nice, but who's got time for it? You know, places to go, people to see, so many things to do and do and do. In our world of full days and fast schedules, I need results, not rest. And furthermore, if Jesus thinks that simply sending me home with a word of promise will actually do or accomplish anything, he's got another thing coming. And so quickly it happens that we push aside Jesus and the rest he is intent to give. That is his desire, you know, to give you rest for your weary and burdened soul. 
by feeding you in the green pastures of his gospel promises fulfilled, by giving you his living water to drink. But who's got time for it? We're busy, and so we push it aside for a day, or a week, or a month, it was summer after all. Or maybe we never really got back into a good habit after that weird thing from three years ago. And then we're kind of like the wrong kind of babies, the wrong kind of spiritual infants. Not the ones who realize our total need, but the ones who like arch their back and kick their way out of their mother's loving embrace. The one who is only trying to give this child the rest it really needs. So quick we are to tell Jesus his business. So subtly, so slyly, our sinful nature slithers back in to put us under that crushing weight of doubt and guilt and fear. But then, but then Jesus shows up with that very same word of promise and the power actually to fulfill it. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me that I am gentle and humble in heart. The whole invitation of rest for the weary sounds great, but what's this now? Take my yoke upon you. What is the thing that weary and burdened people need most? You might be thinking, a couch, but Jesus offers you a yoke. Well, great. Another thing slapped on my shoulders just weighing me down. Oh, no, no, no. Not when Jesus offers it. When you are linked up with, when you are yoked together with Christ Jesus, who in that duo is doing the heavy lifting? I'll give you a hint. It's not you. This is not the uh, glorious yoke of the law that the rabbis spoke about. This is the yoke that Jesus offers. A burden that is easy and light because he's doing the heavy lifting. In place of the burden of your sin, he gives you the freedom of his forgiveness. In place of the, the burden wearisome that you feel every single day from bearing this body of death, Jesus gives you his eternal life that he won when he walked out of his tomb alive again on Easter. To folks like us who are frenzied and exhausted of trying to save ourselves, Jesus invites us to see something, to learn something about him, that he is gentle and humble in heart. So what does it mean to learn that Jesus is gentle and humble in heart? It means that he knows how to deal gently with sinners who come to him in faith. It means that his humility led him to humble himself to death, even death on a cross, for you. To learn that Jesus is gentle and humble in heart means to know that Jesus lives for people like us, people who are, are frenzied and exhausted from trying to save ourselves, people who have nothing to offer him but our need to know that Jesus lives to unburden your burdened soul, to untrouble your troubled heart, and to unsin every one of your sins. I'm new here, but I think I know enough to know it's too late to change my sermon theme. But let's have some fun. Jesus doesn't just give rest. Jesus is our rest. I don't know what burdens you brought here today. I could tell you all of mine, but I was encouraged on a communion Sunday to keep this to about 19 minutes. We won't have time. But rather than guess at something I don't know, let me tell you something I do know. Jesus lives, and he is still in the business of being his people's rest. He does it through a, a called servant of Christ who speaks by his authority. 
I forgive you all your sins. You stood up before God in assembly and you confessed that you are burdened with sin. You are weighed down by the condemnation you know you deserve. You are, you are deathly tired of trying to save yourself. And Jesus does not leave you hanging. Instead, to you, yes, even to you, Christ Jesus says, let me take that from you. Those sins are mine now. And you can't have them back. Jesus lives and he is still in the business of being his people's rest. For many of you, it started at the font. When Jesus met you, when water was poured and the name was put on you, marking you head to toe, body and soul, as one redeemed by Christ crucified. And you come to know a bit about Jesus, that he's not done giving just yet. Instead, he's got another invitation for you today, to stand before this altar, shoulder to shoulder with your fellow sinner saints, with your hands out, nothing in them but your deepest need, and into your needy and empty hands, the Lord Jesus lives to place the very body and blood that was pierced with nails to pay for your redemption. Jesus lives to be his people's rest. Everyone needs rest. Here's where you find true rest. Not a couple hours with your feet up on a Saturday afternoon, but an eternity with your Savior. Here is where you find true rest for weary and burdened souls. Jesus has taken you off of the never-ending hamster wheel of trying to save yourself and get right with God, and he's turned you loose into a world that is filled with people who are spiritually exhausted and will always and only look in every wrong place for the kind of rest they really need. And then here you are, bumping shoulders with them, one who has been set free from the burden of sin, given the very life of Christ to dwell within you, and into your heart and onto your lips, the Lord Jesus has placed that very same promise of rest that is truly rest and life that is truly life found only in Christ. So, dear weary and burdened souls, listen to his promise as though you have never heard it before. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, because Jesus gives rest. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.